0: Welcome to the Fueled AF Podcast, where we educate you on ways to fuel your mind, body, and soul.
1: We're your hosts, Alex and Avery. Now let's jump in.
0: What is up, fam? Welcome back to another Fueled AF Podcast. We are super excited about today's episode talking all about biofeedback how to communicate with your body um, and really just to make sure that you're focusing on your internal health and all the complexities that that includes um yeah so we're super excited um, I'm gonna go ahead and turn it over to Alex just to kind of start us off with kind of going into what biofight what why wow, I can't talk what biofeedback <laughs> is uh, yeah. because it's a big buzzword that kind of needs to be broken down a little bit totally
1: is and if you guys have listened to any of the fueled AF episodes, Avery and I talk about biofeedback in every single episode. Like without a doubt, if I go back and listen to every episode, I know we've mentioned it at least once because it is that important. Um, We had a really great post go up on Monday of this week talking about, um, actually, I think it went up on Tuesday, but either way, it's on the FFC Instagram page. If you guys don't follow that page, make sure you follow it. We put so much information out there. It's awesome. Um, But we had a post go up on Tuesday talking about biofeedback. And essentially the title of the post was saying, How do I listen to my body? Because that's something everybody says like, oh, you just need to listen to your body. And, you know, I need to honor what my body's telling me. But like, what does that even mean? Like my body doesn't talk. So how am I supposed to? I mean, it does talk because we talk, but how (laughs) am I supposed to communicate with my body? Like, what are the signs I should be looking for? Um, So yeah, that kind of brings us to biofeedback. We do have an episode in the past. I think when I was the solo on the podcast, I recorded one. This one's going to go a lot more in depth. So definitely continue listening if you're interested in biofeedback. But let's dive in. So what is biofeedback? Essentially, like I said, it's your body communicating with you on how it's feeling, how it's functioning, um, especially if you're somebody who's like trying to instill specific protocols or you're on a health and fitness journey. I mean, biofeedback is important for literally anybody, but especially if you're on a health and fitness journey, this is going to be a huge indicator of when you should adjust protocols. If you should adjust protocols, Um, it's super, super important. So that's essentially what biofeedback is, is. It's your body's way of communicating with you about specific needs that it has.
0: Yeah, absolutely hit the nail on the head with that one. Um so there's lots of different types of biofeedback. Um we're going to be going over a bunch of different ones today and kind of diving into some signs to look for, how to improve that specific area. So just to kind of run through a quick list, um some forms of biofeedback digestion, hormones, recovery, sleep, stress, hunger, energy levels, Um, those are some big ones. There's definitely other, like kind of more nuanced ones. I'm trying to think of like one that's not on that list, but those are some really big kind of biofeedback categories. Um, so looking at kind of different specific things within those categories, like Alex said, can be really helpful for kind of figuring out what's going on behind the scenes, what's affecting your body and your performance and all of that. So Mm -hmm. we're going to go ahead and dive into the first one, which is digestion. Um, so we're going to start with kind of highlighting a couple signs of, maybe poor digestion, things to kind of look out for, or maybe you start to notice like, oh, that's, that's exactly what I'm experiencing. Um, that would kind of point you in the direction of diving a little bit deeper into looking at your digestive health, your gut health. Um, so do you want to kind of tell people a couple things to look for in terms of, maybe poor digestion.
1: Yes. So like I said before, this is your body communicating with you. So things that you should look for in regards to your digestion and like Avery said, kind of like signs that indicate, hey, maybe something's not quite right here. Um, Irregular bowel movements is a big one. So making sure that you are using the restroom frequently. That's a really important thing and something that would need to be addressed if that isn't regular for you, um, constipation or diarrhea. So again, kind of along the same lines of irregular bowel movements, heartburn, bloating, nausea, vomiting, um, food sensitivities. We do have a, a an episode on gut health and digestion, on the podcast. So if you want to learn more about that aspect, definitely give that episode a listen. Um, but these are things that you could ask yourself, like, am I having regular bowel movements? Do I feel bloated frequently? Like, how do I feel while I'm eating or after I eat? Um, those are good things to kind of check in with yourself on. And if you do find that, Hey, maybe this isn't quite right. Like for example, we we talked about this in the gut health episode, but so many people like, Think bloating is normal. Like, Oh yeah, I'm just, bloating. Yes. Like, this is normal. That's not normal. Bloating isn't normal. It's your body reacting to something going on. Right. Um, so do you want to maybe dive into like different ways that we can really try to improve our digestion? And if we are asking ourselves this, and we, we notice that there, something's off, how can we improve that aspect of our biofeedback? biofeedback? Yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, So lots of different things that we can do for this, just kind of lifestyle and habit change wise. Um, So incorporating some movement after your meals, just to kind of help with digestion and honestly, just movement in general, um, being really sedentary. So if you are someone who like works a desk job, um, it's just not the optimal way that your body is going to digest its food. So moving, exercising regularly, making sure you're eating enough fiber is a really big one. That's almost always the first thing I look at when clients, if any client says that they're experiencing any of those symptoms, I'll say, okay, let's go through your, you know, your tracking this week and look at how much fiber you're getting. So 25 grams is kind of a good, uh good goal for most women. Um, so that's another really important one, um, eating whole foods as well. So trying to limit highly processed foods, really highly processed sugars, um, can definitely have a big impact on your gut health, especially those things that those are things that you're just eating a lot of regularly. Um, so eating more whole foods, which is just probably going to help you get a lot more of those micronutrients as well as fiber. So like fruits and vegetables, whole grains, all of that, um, also slowing down when you eat, being present, making sure, which I'm so guilty of this, but Me like <laughs> trying to make sure that you're not like scrolling on your phone or watching TV. Um, my big thing, I always try to just make it so I'm not working. Cause I feel like when I'm working while I eat, it's like, I'm just completely not putting it down. TV. And yeah, um, yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. So slowing down when you eat, um, staying hydrated as well. Um, managing your stress. So stress has, we're going to talk about stress or like recovery, but stress has such a big impact on all of these things. Um, so yeah, managing your stress as best you can. So if you think about kind of that fight or flight state, when you're in that fight or flight a lot, you're constantly in that high state of stress. Your body's not prioritizing, prioritizing digestion, because if you're running through the woods, getting chased by a lion, like your body's not like, Oh, I need to digest my food. You're like, no, I need to stay alive and keep my heart pumping and all that good stuff. Um, sleep quality, which is another big one that we're going to talk about throughout the episode today. Um, and just making sure that you have balanced meals. So I think generally speaking, making sure that you're eating frequently enough. So two to three hours, you're not going like long stretches of time without eating, but also not eating constantly throughout the day to where your digestive system doesn't ever get a chance to like fully process that and kind of take a break between meals. Um, and then last one that we have on here is just kind of reducing, like I said, caffeine, alcohol, highly processed foods, things that are just going to be inflammatory to your digestive system. Um, that's kind of a, a quick rundown of Digestion. But I honestly think that this is probably one of the biggest ones, like this category that gets kind of normalized, like you said.
1: Yeah, definitely. I agree. And honestly, you guys, like something you're going to notice, we were just talking about this before we hit record, but something you'll notice on all of these is they all intertwine so closely. And that's why it's so important to pay attention to your biofeedback because. If one aspect of your biofeedback is off, that's an indication that other aspects might be off as well. Like, for example, if your digestion's off, you know, it could mean that your sleep is off. It could mean that you're stressed out. Like they all intertwine so closely. Um, so as we kind of talk about the different aspects of biofeedback or the main aspects that we're talking about today, at least you'll notice that a lot of them are going to be like, okay, manage your stress, you know, try to stay hydrated and focus Mm -hmm. on your sleep. Like there's a lot that intertwines with these, um, Aspects of biofeedback. So that's something to definitely be aware of. Um, as far as digestion goes, like Avery said, it's definitely something that is more normalized that should not be normalized. So if you are somebody who does, you know, maybe you deal with bloating a lot. I know obviously with me being pregnant, like that was one of my worst things that I dealt with in the first trimester was excessive and painful bloating. And it's because I wasn't eating enough and I wasn't Mm -hmm. eating like whole foods. I was literally like surviving Mm -hmm. off lunchables. So, um, it's just an example of, okay, well that was pretty easy for me to, to, to come to the point of like, yeah, of course I'm bloated. I'm literally not eating whole foods whatsoever. I'm literally get like two grams of fiber in each day. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, definitely great, great things to look out for.
0: Yeah. And that one other thing about the eating more is I feel like people, a lot of times, like when they're eating really low calories, their digestive system is just not, like they're eating so little that their digestive system just isn't functioning optimally. So Mm -hmm. I think that oftentimes people don't expect when they reverse diet or start to increase their calories, that their digestion is actually going to get better. Um, they might feel a little bit less bloated because they have more fiber in their system. Um, so just kind of another benefit of making sure that you're eating enough food and eating enough good quality food.
1: Yeah, and um, low, low food intake will also add extra stress on your body too, which in turn will not be good for your digestion. So Exactly.
0: Um, okay. Next category we have on here is also such an important one, which is sleep. Um, so this one is probably, it might be a little bit more obvious in terms of kind of signs to look out for. Um, obviously if you're constantly tired, um, I think, especially if you're someone who feels like I get, I get eight, eight hours of sleep every night, nine hours of sleep, but I still wake up really tired. Um, uh, might be an indication of like your sleep quality, Um, just feeling irritable. Like we all know, like when you're super tired and you're just like, anything can just make you so mad, like that kind of like on edge type of feeling, um, poor immune health. So, you know, not getting sick really frequently, um, you know, maybe like your allergies are really bad, just kind of feeling like run down and, you know, kind of like you're lagging a little bit, um, insomnia. So obviously like trouble falling asleep or like waking up frequently throughout the night. Um, if you have a hard time like, you know, if it takes you two hours every night to fall asleep, something like that. Um, And then like difficulty focusing. So obviously if you don't have a lot of energy, if your brain power is low, it's going to be hard to stay focused, get your work done, maybe some brain fogs coming in. Um, So sleep is definitely a really, really important factor to be aware of. And I think it's something that also gets downplayed. And it's something that I wish that I had prioritized sooner because you cannot, you cannot like, you can't just keep going forever without your body starting to shut down. So yeah. and um in
1: every single aspect of biofeedback, every single aspect of this, um you know, the way to improve that is by good quality sleep. like that that affects every aspect of your biofeedback. Mm-hmm. Um so it is something that's definitely underplayed. And like you said, Avery, I too, like I used to be like the oh, I'll sleep when I'm dead, you know, sleep is for the week. Like that yeah. shit people like say, like that used to be me too. Like, oh, okay. Especially when I first got into working out, I was like, well, the only time I have to work out in the morning or it, during the day is in the morning. Cause I work an eight to five job. So, you know, I'll just cut a couple hours of my sleep out rather than going to bed a little bit earlier. I just limited my yeah. sleep and like
0: little did I know
1: that was actually affecting the progress that I was making, getting yes. up super fucking early and going to the gym.
0: Yes, Absolutely. Um, so I was gonna say something else about this. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay, it's okay. Um, well, we'll go ahead. I'm sure I'll remember it. Um, we'll go ahead and dive into a couple of different ways to improve your sleep. Um, so the first one is just setting some sort of nighttime routine, which I think all honestly, like implementing that can help with all of these other things I'm about to say, but having some sort of like ritual around going to sleep, getting ready for bed, um, and kind of getting your mind and your body into that. Time of day. Um, so journaling before bed, managing your stress, I think especially before you go to bed. So having some sort of stress management technique kind of built into your nighttime routine. So journaling might be one, uh, maybe doing some uh, like breathing exercises or some meditation, some yoga, something like that. Um and also setting the right environment in terms of like the light, the noise, things like that. So avoiding screens before bed, also very guilty of that one, Mm -hmm. um, turning off overhead lights. So maybe lighting a candle instead, making sure your room is cozy and quiet. Um, all of that is really like just kind of those little sleep hygiene things can make a really big difference, especially if you're doing them regularly. Um, I find for myself, like journaling before bed is really helpful just so that I can kind of let all my worries and things for the next day, put them down on paper so that they're not like, I'm not falling asleep, anxious, anything yeah. like that. Um, but sleep is one of those things that it's just like, if I think if you were to prioritize one thing, like if you can really prioritize solid, good quality sleep, it's just going to be such a game changer for all of these other Yeah. Things that we're about to mention, stress, recovery, digestion. Um, I feel like this is a really big like cornerstone of improving all of those other things.
1: And some other ways to improve your sleep guys, avoiding large meals right before bed, that's going to kind of disrupt your digestion as well, which can cause you to maybe have issues getting good quality sleep. So of course, like it's, you know, I'm not saying, Oh, you have to stop eating at 6 PM. Like people used to say that you can eat whenever you want, but having a big, large meal before bed could disrupt sleep. Um, making sure like every said, your room is comfortable. So dark, good temperature. I know for me, like clean sheets, I sleep like a baby when my sheets are clean. So like staying up on that, like something that simple can literally increase your sleep quality. Um, Regular exercise is also going to be very, very helpful when it comes to improving your sleep, limiting alcohol intake. This is a huge sleep disruptor. We actually talked about this. I think it was a few episodes ago when we had an episode on alcohol. Um, That is a big, big sleep disruptor when it comes to just the quality of your sleep. Um, limiting caffeine, especially like past, I would say probably 2 Mm PM. I I know everybody's different, but limiting your caffeine too, can also help improving your sleep. Um, I know for me, like tracking my sleep has made me so much more aware of like, okay, obviously like I'm, you know, I wake up a lot in the middle of the night and sometimes it is out of your control. Like I'm just a light sleeper, but I'm not kidding. Like implementing some sort of nighttime routine and like just it exercising the other day, like all of these things do really work. Like they do work. Um, I know for me, like a oh, nighttime routine that I love to get into is of course I'll take like my makeup off and everything, but like dimming the lights, I have a little, I've talked about this before, but I have a little alarm clock that works as like a nightlight as well. And it can read you like guided nighttime meditations. Um, having like white noise. I love to have my little like fake rain, even though I live in Oregon and it rains every night. <laughs> <of days>. Um, <laughs> yeah. but like having a fan on to keep it cool, but also like the white noise is really helpful. So just try to make your room as comfortable as it can be for you. Um, mm-hmm. it really does go a long way.
0: I also think this is a really like, kind of might seem really obvious, but like giving yourself a bedtime, like, you know, you think when your kids like, okay, your bedtime is nine or whatever your parents say, like when you're an adult, you don't really have a, you can go to bed whenever you want. Right. So I think kind of giving yourself a time of like, okay, at 9 PM, I start winding down. I, that's when I start my nighttime routine um, because I think just aiming to like, just be in your bed earlier is a really like kind of a, an easy way to hopefully just get more sleep. If you yeah. even, you know, if you're like, I don't want to journal, I don't want to meditate. You're like, okay, just get in your bed sooner, you know, get in your bed and start to kind of get your body into like into a sleep state sooner. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that a lot of times people just end up kind of like the hours from nine to midnight. It's like, oh my gosh. Like what, well, how is it midnight already? So like setting a reminder on your phone or something like that to actually get in bed at a certain time, I think is really helpful as well. Yeah. And a of the
1: screen time, like, like Avery said before that, like I'm a culprit of this, but like I can scroll on TikTok for hours. And then yeah. like you said before I know I look at the clock and it's like, wow, it is literally 1130. I laid down at nine. How is it? 1130. I've been scrolling on TikTok. That's why. Um, but like, that's why even like, if that's, if you're somebody who falls asleep with your phone and like, you love looking at your phone before bed, like setting a time for that as well to like put right. it away. Um, I, I, I started doing this probably six months ago, but if you guys don't know your phone does allow you to put a little setting on that shuts off all of notifications. So mm-hmm. it's called like, it's literally called like focus sleep or something like that. Yeah. Like you just click it from your little settings bar on your iPhone. Um, and that's really great too. Cause I'm a light sleeper. So like I, if texts come through, there's only specific people that it will ding if it's like a family member or like Charlie, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, you can set that up too. So you're not um, woken up by text or, or anything like that in the middle of the night.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Next. All right. Week, Next. Stress. Yeah. Oh. Huh? I'll go. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. So oh, stress God. is another really, really big one. I would argue that sleep and stress probably are the most yeah. important. Um, digestion is really important too, but these ones are just really, really big stress is the one I think that affects people the most when it comes to their progress. Hmm. Um, And it is unfortunately one of the hardest ones to manage Mm -hmm. and um, kind of figure out because Mm -hmm. unfortunately with like, just given everybody's lives, like there are things in life that will cause stress that are out of your control, whether Mm -hmm. job, um, or things like that. Like, you know, there gets to a point where it's like, okay, well, I can't manage this part of my life that much. Mm -hmm. Um, I just have to live with it, but we're going to give you guys still some really good ideas when it comes to managing stress. So signs of stress do you feel literally stressed out? Um, you know, are you dealing with anxiety or depression? Do you have frequent headaches? Um, is your sleep quality poor? Do you experience panic attacks, chest pain, restlessness, lack of motivation, lack of like responsiveness to protocols? Those are all really big signs of stress. So like we said, with all aspects of biofeedback, you want to make sure you're checking in with yourself and just literally asking yourself those questions. Like okay, how have I felt this week? Like, have I been stressed this week? You know? Oh yeah. I actually, I had a headache three days in a row because I was staring at my computer for so long and Mm -hmm. I've been stressed about this deadline. I have to meet at work. Like recognizing those things are so important. So, so you can learn, okay. And now I know what's causing that. How do I manage it better?
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think like when it comes to stress, like, I guess we're kind of talking about that in recovery, but you know there's like stress on your mind and then there's also stress on your body so i think making sure that you're kind of managing both of those um but when it comes to stress i think that this can be a really big like catalyst for all those uh, like all those other biofeedback things that we talked about so let's say like all your biofeedback is spot on like digestion is great all of it is great and then you know something comes up at work or you know a family issue something comes up that's really stressful i think that it's really common to have that be one of the first initial things that start that starts happening. And slowly we kind of just become used to that chronic stress. I think that's another thing that's become very normalized and almost crazed in some way of like, you know, grinding like all the time, no days off, like that sort of thing. Um, And so people become very kind of like the norm is feeling really stressed and anxious. Um, And so I think when you're in that chronic state of like prolonged stress for, you know, an indefinite amount of time. Um, because like you said, there's always stressful things that come up, they come up, we deal with them, the stress goes away. But if you're in this constant state of stress, the other, like that's going to have an impact on your body. So like hormones might get off a little bit. Digestion might be impacted. Sleep might be impacted, which can then kind of spiral, like you said. So, um, like you said, figuring out like what the stressors are, which sometimes it might be obvious. like sometimes Like it's a deadline at work. And sometimes it might not be like, maybe they're more subtle things. Um, And trying to address that first and foremost, um, I think asking yourself like, okay, what can I take off my plate? Like, is there something I can delegate to someone else? Is there something that maybe like, it's not my top priority right now. And I just, I would, be getting a lot more peace of mind without this one thing in my week, like this hour appointment or whatever it is. Um, and I think sometimes that's a hard thing to realize is that you can't do everything. Like you might be someone who wants to do all these things and has all these opportunities and that's awesome. Um, but sometimes you're going to have to say like, actually like my plate's as full as I want it to be right now. And I can't take that on, or like, I have to remove things from my plate because otherwise things will fall off. Like totally. your, you, your plate is only so big. So if you try to cram that much stuff on, eventually things will just fall off and it won't be by choice. It'll be because you're, you just can't handle all of it.
1: Right. And like, I, this is one that I can think of. That's a lot of people stress about is money. Like, oh my gosh, you know, I have all these bills to pay or whatever. Um, so if you can recognize like, oh, I've been really stressed about money recently. Okay. Let's take a, let's sit down. We know that I'm stressed about money. Now let's look at what I've been spending my money on and try to figure out how can i manage maybe my budget a little bit better that's going to reduce my stress maybe i'm going to stop buying balance athletica and vitality gear like you know maybe i'm going to stop spending Good one out <laughs> i know Good i'm talking-, one. talking to myself um <laughs> but like you know maybe i can you know just try to stop buying so much on amazon or Make yeah, a maybe less you to eat less. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's so many different things that like, and that's just such a big one. That's, that's, I think an easy one that a lot of people probably stress about is money. Mm-hmm. Um, especially now just like with inflation and everything being so expensive. Um, so yeah, figuring out like what your main stresses are, like Avery said, and then just see like, okay, is there a way I can at least do something even as little as creating a budget that can bring me a little bit more peace when it comes to that. So I'm not just constantly stressed.
0: Yeah. And I think that's actually a really good point of like, actually kind of addressing your stressor, because I think at least for me, I feel like I, when I'm stressed about something or anxious about something, it becomes this really big, like I get stressed about calling people. Like I have to make, you know, call and get a dead yeah. disappointment made. I'm like, Oh, I have to sit on the phone and blah, blah, blah. So things like that. Like if there's things that you can do, like if there's things that are within your control, like go like go towards the stress which sounds kind of counterintuitive but like if there's something stressing you out that you actually can control um like you know making a budget and really figuring out okay what can i comfortably afford and what can i kind of cut out a little bit more of Mm
1: -hmm. like ultimately it might
0: be something that's stressful to think about and stressful to kind of work on but ultimately if you work on it it's actually going to be better in the long run. So I think sometimes you have to put yourself in kind of an uncomfortable position of like, Oh, I have to have this hard conversation with someone, or I have to tell someone I can't, you know, I can't help them with this project or whatever it is, but ultimately like that's going to be such a big impact on you. So I think that you know, kind of reminding yourself, it might not be easy, but like, it's actually going to help you in the long run,
1: the sooner you get it done, the less you're going to think about it. And then the less you're going to spend time thinking of like, Oh, what, wow, this out could outcome could turn into this. It could turn into that. Like replaying all of these different scenarios in your head that just stresses you out even more. Mm-hmm. That kind of brings me to something that Avery and I do. Um, actually our whole team does it, but we create power lists. Um, so I, I have mine. I sit, it sits on my desk. I, every single day I write out. Yeah, I huh? I need to get a little
0: whiteboard like that.
1: So nice. I love whiteboards. Um, but every single day, you guys, I sit down at my desk in the morning. Sometimes I'll do it the day before I put a, f- a five th- to five thing to do list. So only five things when you think, okay, I only have five things to do like that in itself is like, wow. Okay. That's su- I can do that. Like I, you know, when I make to-do lists, they could be like 20, 30 things long. And then it's like, I don't want to do any of this because I don't have time to do 30 different things today mm-hmm. um, versus a power list where you take the most important thing you have to get done that's been causing you stress or it's something that you've just been dwelling on and you need to get it done. Put it at the very top of your five thing to-do list. And then from there, just from most uh, kind of important to least important, put out five things that you need to get done for that day. And just know, like, once I get these five things done, like if that's all I do today, I won the day, you know, I, I will be happy if those are the only five things that I get done because I pushed the needle forward. I was able to do more than I thought I was going to, um, you know, sometimes I like, I like to say like, sometimes I win the day by 10 AM. I'm like, wow, I knocked those things out so quick. Sometimes I don't win the day till 10 PM. Sometimes I don't win the day at all. So Mm -hmm. just keeping track of that has been really game changing for me when it comes to my stress, especially when I make the list the day before, because like you said, Avery, I'm not going to bed thinking about fuck, what do I have to do today? No, I already wrote it down. I'm going to wake up in the morning and it's already there. I don't have to think about it right now because it's already written down and I know exactly what I need to get done. So Mm -hmm. our list highly recommend. Yes.
0: Yes. I love that. Um, okay. So a couple other things just for stress management. And honestly, a lot of these things are things we've already mentioned, but prioritizing sleep, which So, so freaking important. Um, really, really big one, obviously not getting enough sleep. It just adds a lot of stress onto your physical body as well. So making sure your body is recovering well, um, scheduling and time blocking. I've actually had this conversation with a couple of clients this week. I feel like even if you were someone who is super organized, you have this, even if you have someone who's nine to five, you go to work every day, your schedule is the same blocking that out and then blocking time to, workout, time to relax, like time to do chores. I think that's so helpful, especially if you're someone who like, you're just not going to the gym. You, you say you're going to go and then you don't go, or you have, you know, you have time, but you're just not doing it. Like schedule a a date with yourself. That's non-negotiable, put it on your calendar so you can visually see it. Um, and that way you can also schedule in time for like, you know, like a, a, a date night or a movie night or something that's more fun while also still knowing I'm not sacrificing my own goals or what I said I was going to do because someone invited me to go up, out for dinner. Because yeah. I think that can be a big stressor for people too of like, oh, I wanted to do, I, I had this plan, but then something came up. It's like, okay, but don't just drop everything for someone else. Like prioritize yourself too. Yeah. Um, journaling we just talked about that um therapy obviously is really helpful talking to a friend even or um mm-hmm. yeah i i'm a big i'm a big therapy advocate wow. um i think that can be super helpful um exercise one of my biggest stress relievers going on walks getting outside just like moving your body um i think that something that people don't realize is how much stress we hold in our body so obviously i think that for most people when you think stress you think like mental Meant like kind of anxiety and stress in your head, but stress also impacts our physical health, our immune system, all of that. So, releasing stress like physically, too. So, like getting a massage or foam rolling or taking a bath, like stuff that's actually sensory like gonna kind of like calm you down from the outside in, if that makes sense. I think that can be really helpful too.
1: Going out in nature, like going out for a walk, you guys, I I will sometimes just step outside if I've just been constantly working and I'm like, oh my gosh, I have so much to get done. I will literally just step outside. I will close my eyes and I will take like five deep breaths. And Mm -hmm. I felt a whole new woman and it it took me 30 seconds. And I'm like, especially if you can get some
0: like sun exposure, that's so good for you. Like, especially here in Oregon, we're like, the sun's out, like go outside, just stand in the sun, (laughs) even though it's 30 degrees you're standing in the sun. But yeah, really, really important. Um, Meditation and breathing exercises can be super helpful as well. Um, And like you said, even if, you know, even if it's not a structured meditation, even if it's just you being like, okay, I notice I'm getting really overwhelmed. I'm just going to take a second, take five deep breaths and then get back to it um, really helpful to kind of slow down a little bit, um, focusing on recovery. So we're going to talk about this in more depth in just a second, but just making sure that your body is also getting the stress management that it needs. So if you're someone who's doing a ton of cardio or high impact, making sure that you're taking rest days and stretching, working on mobility, of course, getting enough food, all that good stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. And I think I I said this before, but I think one thing that's can be kind of tough to realize is that sometimes like you are going to have to make sacrifices in order to reduce your stress. So maybe that means like, you know, not picking up as many shifts at work, or maybe that means going to sleep earlier, not being able to watch your extra episode of your show. Um, but I think typically those hard decisions actually lead you to a much happier place. So,
1: Yeah. yeah, definitely. Yep. Awesome. So going on to the next aspect of biofeedback that we're going to talk about today is hormones, which again, we have done an episode on this before. So if you guys want more in-depth information, definitely go check that out. Um, so as far as hormones go, go things to kind of ask yourself to check in with yourself and be like, hey, is everything normal here? Um, number one, are you having regular periods? What does your sex drive look like? You know, are you having a high libido, low libido? Like, definitely addressing that. That was definitely something that I had experienced for a long period of time when I was on birth control. And so that was something I normalized because I was like, Oh, like this is just normal. And I just, am somebody who has a really low sex drive.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: so asking yourself those things, are you experiencing acne, weight gain, weight loss, regular headaches, um, painful periods? Do you have intense PMS symptoms? Again, something that is so normalized in our society is, Oh, like I'm, you know, when my period comes, I, I have heavy flow and I'm bloated and I just, I'm acting like a bitch. Like those are all <laughs> things that are very, very normalized. Um, I, always act like a bitch. I know I'm like, that's just me 24 yeah. <laughs> seven. <laughs> um, but yeah, just like kind of recognizing what those signs are and just knowing like that could be a, some sort of hormone imbalance that's going on for you. So, um, I think you've listed this here, Avery, but many symptoms above could be signs of a hormonal imbalance, um, things like fatigue, poor sleep, poor digestion, brain fog, low mood, all of those things. So those mm-hmm. are some questions to ask yourself to address your, your biofeedback in the hormone department. Um, mm-hmm. do uh, you want to maybe go into more on like how we can support our hormone health a little bit better? Yes.
0: Yes, absolutely. So as I was saying before, with kind of the stress thing, I think that this can be kind of a catalyst for all these other imbalances. So definitely managing stress. Um, And also, you know, when we say hormones, obviously like, you know, talking about like estrogen, testosterone, but also like cortisol and leptin and, um, like your sleep and your wake hormones, your hunger hormones, things like that. So not just like sex hormones, um, fertility hormones, but also just hormones in general, um, being aware of your cycle and tracking your cycle. I think tracking your cycle is a really important, like first step, Mm -hmm. um, which I think a lot of times if you are on birth control, which I was for a long time, I think it's easy to kind of just get used to like, okay, oh, hey, I take these pills for three weeks and I don't, it's like, you don't really track like what's going on. Um, especially cause you're not actually having a period at that point, but regardless of if you are or not on birth control, tracking your periods, um, and also tracking your symptoms, I think can be really helpful. So starting to notice the patterns of like, okay, a couple of days before my period, I start getting really bad headaches or really bad back pain or, um, you know, whatever, whatever the symptoms are, maybe you like super heavy bleeding, whatever it is. Um, so starting to kind of notice those patterns and noticing, what's going on for your body and kind of in a cyclic cyclical way. Um, and that way you can kind of start to track like, okay, this always happens around this time. Um, being aware of side effect medi- medications. So this is a really big one, especially if you are on horm- hormonal birth control, it has, it does have a lot of side effects. That's just the truth of it. Um, so I think definitely educating yourself on what type of birth control you're on, or if you're on other medications, just checking that out as well, because those definitely can have an impact on hormone health, digestive health, for sure. So I'm thinking of really quickly, like if you're on antibiotics, that can have a really big impact on like your gut health. Mm -hmm. Um, where was I going with that? I think just doing your research, honestly, about birth control, um, Mm -hmm. if you are on it and also just kind of doing your research a little bit about the symptoms that you're experiencing. Um, because, Like Alex, you said, I think a lot of these things are very common and because they're very common, people think that they're normal, but they're actually not, they shouldn't be happening even though they happen a lot. Right. So like if you're someone who like has really intense cramps, like debilitating cramps that shouldn't be happening. Like it's common, a lot of people experiencing it or experience it. And obviously to a certain extent, cramps are like, you know, normal, um, but if they're to that point, every time, like that's a sign that something's off yeah. your period doesn't have to be a week where you're just, you know, okay, I'm can't function this week. Like that's not the way it should be. Um, where else? Um, I regular,
1: sorry, so kind of going off of the birth control thing too. I'm not like anti birth control, no. by any means hormonal birth control. I'm not, I'm not anti that. I know that sometimes that's just the best option for people, but like every said, just being aware of the side effects of it, because, even when it comes to like results that you're seeing in the gym or, you know, with just if you're on a health and fitness journey in general, like just be aware of the side effects of any medication that you're taking because there are, Um, side effects that will affect your progress. Like it's just kind of, it is what it is. Um, So with anything that you take, whether it's a medication or a supplement or anything like that, like you really, really should do your own research. Um, Especially because a lot of the times like doctors won't tell you all of the side effects because it does affect people differently. So just being aware of that on your own is really important.
0: Yeah. And I think also keeping in mind that you like, like Alex said, neither of us are anti birth control by any means. Um, And I think also if you are on birth control and you want to stay on birth control, but you're also experiencing some of these symptoms, you can do lots of like, you know, you can still supplement and, um, kind of help your body with the nutrients it might not be getting. Um, a lot of times with birth control, there's like nutrient deficiencies as a result of that. So you can still like set yourself up for success and support your hormone health while being on birth control. So that's just just another kind of side note. Um, moving on from that though, making sure you're exercising regularly, moving regularly, um, healthy fats are super important for hormone health. So things like olive oil, avocados, omega threes are really important. Um, sleep quality. We already know that one's just super important in general. I put food before coffee here just as another little kind of tip. So, um, this is just something that, it's just, I feel like Alex and I both do And it's just a really helpful kind of easy, at least I, I said, maybe it's easier said than done, but kind of a quick little hormone health tip, which is just to support your body's natural cortisol production in the morning by having your coffee after you have food. If you have coffee on an empty stomach, like first thing in the morning, you're basically like training your body to become reliant on that to produce cortisol, which wakes you up. So basically having your food first allows you to wake up more naturally instead of relying on coffee. So, yeah, those are a couple different hormone points. And then is this our last? We have three more
1: recovery, energy, and hunger. Yeah. But these ones are all pretty quick. So I feel like it. Yeah, we're good. All
0: right. Next up, we have recovery. So we kind of touched a little bit on this in a different or a couple different of those categories. But do you want to kind of run through some different things to look out for when it comes to poor recovery?
1: Yeah. So when you're checking in with yourself on recovery, some questions you can ask yourself are, you know, am I feeling like abnormal soreness? Soreness is normal, especially if you're, you're starting a new split or you're just getting started in the gym. Like that is normal. But if it's excessive soreness that you're experiencing, that seems extreme. Um, that's a sign that your body's giving you to like, Hey, we need to maybe alter something. So, um, frequent exhaustion, irritability, again, poor immune health. So getting sick frequently, lack of progress in a gym is a big sign of poor recovery. Um, you know, people always say like, you know, uh, you don't need to take any rest days, like no rest. I, you know, I go to the gym seven days a week. Like in all honesty, that alone would affect the progress that you're making in a negative way. And Avery and I say this all the time, but if you physically can go to the gym seven days in a row, you're not working out hard enough. Like you, you will, no. you, you should be to a point where you need a rest day to have your body recover. No. Do you want to dive into yes. like how to kind of improve recovery a little bit?
0: Um, so first one, like we just said, making sure you're taking rest days, um, especially like making sure that you're not training like five days in a row, six days in a row, kind of split, splitting them up, um, focusing on your sleep quality. We have said this time and time again, super important. Um, so if you're training super hard, but you're only getting three hours of sleep a night, you're not really going to be able to recover well from that stress that you put on your body. Um, stress management, also a big one. So. All those techniques that we talked about to manage stress, making sure you're eating a well balanced diet. Um, I think. Uh, I think that, um, this is also a really important one, especially like when it comes to fueling your workouts and making sure that you actually have fuel in your system to work out with. Um, especially if you are someone who's pushing yourself really hard in the gym and maybe not eating a ton of food, not eating a ton of carbs. Um, it's just a lot harder on your body to be in a caloric deficit or just eating low calorie. Um, so make sure you support yourself with your diet And then making sure you're hydrated, also really important, just to make sure everything's circulating well, functioning well. Mm -hmm. Um, I was going to say something else. Oh, one other thing is kind of limiting or um, maybe not prioritizing like the higher stress, higher impact activities. By no means am I saying they're bad, um, but I think as long as they're not, as long as you aren't doing them to train for like a specific sport or anything, I think focusing on strength training and having the cardio and the hit and the spin classes be kind of secondary to that rather than that's something you're doing every day, because that does place a lot of stress on your body. So
1: that's a great point to make. Awesome. So next we're going to be diving into energy. So checking your energy levels. Um, some questions you can ask yourself are, you know, am I feeling exhausted? Do I have a lack of motivation? Am I having a hard time getting through my workouts? Do I feel like I'm reliant on caffeine or other stimulants to get through a workout or to wake up and just have energy throughout the day? Mm-hmm. Um, again, am I experiencing irritability? You guys can tell like as we're getting toward the end of this list, like they all correlate so much. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, those are some questions you can ask yourself in regards to your energy levels. Mm-hmm. So How to improve that. You can go ahead and take the lead. Yeah.
0: So it's, uh, it's just so funny how you say this, because as we get further and further along, it's like so many of the things, the the techniques of improving them are actually all really overlap. So of course, focusing on sleep quality and quality nutrition, that's a really big one. Um, obviously like a calorie is a calorie, but what you're getting from that calorie can be a lot different. So eating a hundred calories of like Oreos versus like an apple, you're going to get a lot more, um, like sustainable energy from that apple, um, stress management also really important. Um, making sure that you're not, we are, I already said this, but not drinking caffeine right when you wake up. So having to kind of, trying to support your natural energy levels. Mm -hmm. Um, Also just getting on a consistent sleep schedule is really helpful. So you're not like, you know, one, one, one night uh, going to sleep at nine, the next night going to sleep at 2.00 AM, like having some sort of regularity in terms of your sleep schedule Um, fueling your workouts well. So making sure you're not going to the gym depleted, haven't eaten for hours, um, or like first thing in the morning without eating food. So eating breakfast, um, making sure that you're having a, eating a well-balanced diet and that you're eating, like spreading your food out across the day, I think is another important one. Um, so making sure that you, you know, if you have 2000 calories to eat, that you're really spreading that out across the day. So you have sustained energy throughout the day. Yeah. Um, Um, You
1: guys know by now food is fuel. Like literally that is how your body um, converts to energy is by the the food that you eat. So like every said, splitting that up is going to be really good too. And if you're going into a workout and you haven't eaten for several hours, you can't expect yourself to have like all the energy in the world. And like, you know, you're going to hit PRs and all that. Like your body does not have any energy for your workout. So
0: making sure that your um, pre-workout meals are good too. Yeah. Um, next up, almost done with our little list here is hunger. So a couple things to ask yourself, um, are you experiencing hunger cues? So are you feeling hungry? How frequently, um, do you feel really hungry all the time? Are you feeling like satisfied after you eat, um, satisfied kind of by the end of the day? Um, or maybe on the flip side, are you feeling like super full throughout the day, struggling to eat all the food you're supposed to eat? Um, maybe struggling to finish your meals. Um, and kind of, I think also comparing that to like how much you're eating can be helpful. So maybe you're eating a ton, but you're still feeling really hungry, or maybe you're not eating a ton and you're not feeling super hungry. Um, so those things can be really important indicators for kind of how your body is responding. Um, it can be an indicator of like hormone balance, how much sleep you've had. Um, so do you want,
1: Yeah, really quickly, as far as hunger cues go, just to give you guys a rundown of what that even means. So a hunger cue could look different for literally anybody. For me, you know, my stomach's going to growl. Maybe sometimes I'm going to start to get irritable probably more times than not. I get hangry really easily. Um, headaches, like those kind of things are signs that your body, that that can be considered a hunger cue. Um, it isn't necessarily just like your stomach growling every time you're hungry. Like there's going to be other signs that your body could give you. I will tell you right now, just from our experience, we've worked with hundreds of clients at this point. One major, major thing that we recognize with women that we bring on who are under eating is they aren't experiencing hunger cues, like first thing in the morning, like, um, A lot of it, you know, when when we start working with someone, they'll even say like, I don't wake up in the morning and I'm not hungry. Like I, I could go till 2 PM until I actually feel hungry that's not normal. You should be waking up with natural hunger cues. Um, hunger cues are a good sign. Like it's good Mm. to be hungry and you should satisfy those needs. Um, which does kind of bring us into like, how can we benefit that hunger aspect of biofeedback? The number one thing we have on here is reverse dieting, um, Mm. and just benefiting your, your body in that way. There's so many benefits to reverse dieting. Um, and a good sign of a reverse diet is starting to get your natural hunger cues back. Mm -hmm. Uh, I tell clients all the time, like, yeah, maybe it seems like you're eating a lot of food right now, but your body will adjust to this, and you're gonna notice that you're going to be hungry more often, and that's a good sign. Like, you, those are good natural signs that your body should be giving you. Yes. Um, Other things could be meal timing. So, if you're somebody who is maybe like not hungry throughout the day, but you have like a caloric goal that you're trying to hit, um, spacing out your meals like throughout a longer hours. So like eating right when you wake up and like maybe spreading your meals out a little bit longer. So opening up that, that eating window, um, vice Mm -hmm. versa. If you're somebody who maybe has less calories to eat, maybe shortening that window a little bit could be really helpful. Mm -hmm. Um, eating caloric dense or less caloric dense foods. So knowing what those food swaps are. So if you're somebody who maybe is in a dieting phase, like going for high volume foods is going to be really beneficial for you. Um, you know, like, eating more, like a kind of an example, if, if I'm going for more high volume foods, I could have two English muffins for the same calories as one bagel. I don't know if that's actually accurate, but those are, that's just kind of an idea of like, okay, well, obviously I want to eat more volume, like more physical food, even though calorically they're the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, regular exercise, post meal walks for digestion. Again, is there anything else you can think of in regards to how to like kind of improve hunger?
0: Um, I think the, I think the one thing I would add, and you kind of mentioned this is just making sure, especially if you are someone who isn't experiencing hunger cues, um, just to make sure that you're watching out for different signs. Like, obviously the first one that most people think of is their stomach growling, like the physical hunger sensation in your stomach. Um, but also like like Alex said, like feeling irritable, having trouble concentrating, feeling tired. Like if you're wondering why you're tired at 2 PM and you haven't eaten anything, that's why you're tired. Your body doesn't have any calories, doesn't have any energy. Um, so yeah, kind of getting in tune a little bit more with some of the symptoms that you may have normalized, um, in terms of how your body is telling you that it's hungry without like the stomach feeling, um, like sometimes people even push to the point where like they, I don't know if you've ever felt that way. You're so hungry that you get nauseous. Yeah. And, like and the then you really go away even. Right. Like- exactly. Cause you don't want to eat at that point. Yeah. So if you're nauseous, like please go eat. Some. I know you're not going to want to, but just have a bite of toast and then like slowly start to eat. Um, yeah. That's so, especially if
1: you're pregnant, you guys yeah. I've learned that along the way, if I'm, sick, it means I need to eat and I will feel so much better, even though it's the last thing I want to do.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, um, um that was good. That was awesome. Is that it? Yeah, we went through all of them. Isn't that crazy? Awesome. <laughs> um, so, you guys, as you can see, biofeedback is very, very important. Um, if you're somebody who hasn't really known, like, okay, well, how do I listen to my body? This is how you listen to your body. Um, I know for us, we have our clients check in with us weekly on their biofeedback. So, addressing how they felt throughout the week on literally all of these aspects. Um, sometimes I've even had clients track their biofeedback on a daily basis and send it to me. It just kind of depends on if there are kind of things going on where maybe an aspect of your biofeedback does seem off. Um, so keeping track of those things, being aware of those things and knowing how can I improve this or try to improve this? Um, yeah, it's, it's important and it, it affects your progress that you see and it'll affect the sustainability of your journey. And honestly, it's going to affect how you feel as a whole, when your biofeedback is good, it's, insane how much better you're going to feel. Um, especially as you start to kind of get those things nailed down. Like I am to a point in my journey where obviously everything's not perfect, but I am to a point where I know like, Hey, if this is going wrong, I can almost every single time be like, I know exactly why I'm experiencing this Mm -hmm. and I know exactly how to fix it. Um, so yeah, the more, the more you're aware that the easier it will get to identify and to kind of resolve any issues that
0: you're having. And I think last final thoughts is I feel like a lot of people tend like on in the health and fitness world tend to put all of their eggs in the diet and exercise baskets and they neglect or don't prioritize all these things that we talked about. Um, But I think that if we kind of, turn the tables and prioritize these things just as much as our diet and exercise, you would see so much, like so many more results, so much better results and just your body responding so much better to the work that you're putting in, in the gym and in your diet. Um, so prioritize these things. Like it's very, very important. So you got this.
1: Awesome, you guys. Well, thank you for tuning in to another episode. We hope that you have a great weekend. We will be back next week. However, the week of Thanksgiving, we will be taking off. So don't expect an episode that week, but we will be back next Friday. So I hope you guys have a great weekend and we will see you next time.